I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. We're the guys from That Film Shoe, and this is our latest episode where we look at some of the most recent news stories from the world of film and TV. In today's show, the Merc with the Mouth has been silenced again. Rumour has it that the Transformers could be crossing over with G.I. Joe. Karate Kid returns to the big screen, and the lower decks have entered the live-action medium. Before we get into it, make sure you subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you can find us, and feel free to leave us a review. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Street Podcast. So, Jason, how about you kick things off? What is our first movie topic? Well, we'll start with the, the old Deadpool stuff that we've got there. We'll start with the with the positives. Uh, Brianna Hildebrand and Charlie Kutsuna will return in Deadpool 3 as Negasonic Teenage Warhead and Yukio. So just on that, I mean, I mean, more so... More so Negasonic, because, you know, she's there, Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2. She feels very much a part of the DNA of those Deadpool movies. So I think it does feel right. We already heard that Colossus is coming back, which is which is good. To have her as well, it feels right. It feels good. Obviously, um, I think maybe you can agree, Yukio as an addition in Deadpool 2, just such a delightful A great dose of- addition. And he, it's like adding sugar to a cake, <laughs> like sugar to like that's what she was. And, and it so, never, it never got old. No matter what was happening in the movie, Hi, they Wade. would, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi Yukio, they would always stop to have that exchange, and it was just nice. Yes, I agree. Yeah, it's great yeah. that Negasonic Teenage Warhead is back. And we were just saying last time when they announced that Colossus was coming back, no mention of her. So it's good to hear that both she and Yukio will be back. Yeah, I'll do this. I'll I'll flip your notes here a little bit because you've given me notes, but I'm going to do this part first and then we can talk about the dire stuff. Um, but there is a rumor. There's a new rumor suggesting that Deadpool 3 could feature several original cast members from the 20th Century Studios X-Men film series. So thoughts on that? You reckon they'll just pop up? We're, we're supposed to be in the MCU now. And, I mean, look, we have with multiverse kind of shenanigans, we have seen Patrick Stewart pop up as Xavier. I mean, unless they keep this, they do more multiversal stuff or they establish that, hey, look, this is Marvel Studios, but it's not an MCU film. You know, obviously all of those questions are still lingering. A rumour like this, if true, I don't know. It could, it could confuse things, but at the same time, I think a character like Deadpool, even though we're now saying is part of the MCU in this film, it can kind of play free and loose with timelines, continuities, cast. Make if a joke they, about it. <laughs> yes, but if they bring them back, and you could even, as you say, make a joke about it. The idea of James Marsden coming back as Cyclops, Punky Jansen as Jean Grey, Halle Berry as Storm. I mean, who else would they? I mean, we know Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine. I mean, and that's already. the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. So, I mean, if if he's back, and if he's not necessarily the MCU version of Wolverine, 
which we do know. We do know they will be casting a Wolverine as part of the MCU X-Men team. So, so maybe it's fitting if they did have some extra characters returning faces, you know, like, but again, just a rumor. It could even it be the opening of the movie. Maybe Deadpool starts the film in the 20th Century Studios X film oh, universe and okay. ends up in the MCU and he takes Wolverine with him. Maybe, maybe he screws something up and there's, and maybe they're trying to get him. Maybe he's trying to like, they're trying to get back to that world and, Oh my god! What if that's the whole movie? And then like, yeah. Wolverine goes back, and Deadpool gets stuck. Who knows? Deadpool can't get be. back. You know, I'm always gonna have a soft spot for the Fox X Men films, or I guess 20th Century Studios X Men films. Now, always gonna have except, a soft spot for those, except New Mutants. Yeah, <laughs> we waited a while for that movie, and then we oh, both paid to watch it oh, on Dark the big Phoenix. screen. Dark Phoenix. Yeah, I kind of well, like New Mutants know. was still the last <laughs> X Men slash Mutants film of the Fox era. It was anyway. The rumor's fun. Uh, if it, <laughs> if it's true, I'd I'd be I'd be happy with that. All right, but this is where it all gets nitty gritty. Hey, look the uh, the writers' strike still happening. Things are things are in play, but this is a result. So due to the contract the writers for Deadpool 3 have with the studio, actors will have to follow the script to the letter, um, which basically means no improv on the on the day, no ad-libbing, that kind of stuff. Ryan Reynolds will not be allowed to improvise any lines during production while the strike is ongoing. Which we know he did in those first two films. I mean, it's very much a... I mean, look, it's a, it's a Ryan Reynolds type thing, I would imagine. A lot of, I mean, a lot of comedic type characters or actors would would partake in ad libbing. It, it's 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 probably part of their craft and how they deliver, and you know, and how we get a lot of moments, great moments in in movies, whether they're comedies or or not, and then they just have those comedic elements to them. But Deadpool, especially, like. Like you said, how how the first and second films were put together, a large part of it was just, I imagine, Ryan Reynolds riffing and probably other characters and actors riffing off Ryan Reynolds and doing the same kind of thing. It's concerning. It is, but it's a big film. It is in production. They kind of need to keep going with it. Maybe (laughs) they can fix it up later on because hopefully, you know, we, we touched on the writer strike a little bit last time, and we don't need to spend too much time at it again this time. But hopefully there is a resolution soon, and it's a good resolution for everybody involved, and then they can add stuff at a later date. But for the time well, being, they're restricted. I mean, there is a silver lining is that is, you know, Deadpool is a lot of the time in a mask. Yes, that's true. So maybe a bit of... Maybe once everything is resolved and they can do rewrites or reshoots of types, you know, go back and do a bit of ADR, change some lines up. Hey, this line would have been a little bit funnier or this would have landed better. Who knows? And I'm sure all those conversations have been had. Mm. Sony has confirmed Andy Samberg as the voice actor behind Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider. 
So I'm like, what's the deal with this? Did we, was it not announced? Is he not credited? I mean, I, I, not, I well, he is now. Knowing. But yes. he, I mean, we knew the character, like pretty much all the Spider characters, including Spider Cat, are going to be in in this sure. film. But no, they, they've just announced, like yesterday, like, at the time of recording, that he had been cast. And yeah, I mean, the movie's like days away from release. So they've really been holding on to this bit of casting. But, you know, there's a lot of interest in this film and no doubt like that first film, it's going to do really well. The box office, critics, audiences, all of that. It's just interesting that so close to the time of release. Oh, by the way, this actor is attached. Scarlet Spider as a character. Always thought he was cool. I think it's because it was the 90s and hoodies were very in in the 90s. And he's essentially, he's got a Spider-Man costume with a blue hoodie and sleeves cut off. And it was cool in the 90s. And seeing his character in clips and trailers for this movie does have me excited. Adding Andy Samberg as the voice of Scarlet Spider. Love it. All right. Nine Inch Nails, Trent Renza and Atticus Ross are providing the music for the upcoming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Does this get you excited? It does, yeah, it does. You know, I was just chatting with, with a mate and he was under the impression that I'm a big Turtles guy. I liked those first two live-action movies in the 90s, watched the cartoon in the 80s, but I've never read the comics. Tell a lie. I did pick up the recent The Last Ronin miniseries about the last surviving turtle, which was really good. But I'm not a massive turtles guy. But I'm interested enough in this movie. Visually, it looks amazing. But yes, this does get me excited. But this same mate, who is a massive turtles guy, he doesn't like the sound of the turtles that we've heard so far in the trailers. Because he says that... They sound like kids. And I'm like, the thing is, they've always been kids. They've just never sound like kids. <laughs> it's like for the first time, they are actually played by teenagers. <laughs> but yes, now this news does get me excited. Obviously, these guys are very talented. We've had them score movies uh, before. What about yourself? Um, I'll admit, I'm not too familiar with Nine Inch Nails. Like, I know of them. But look, whether it was just before my time or you know like ah, you know i've heard a few songs here and there but not really in my they're not on my spotify playlist no is it more, yeah i mean my wife was really into their music but for me no they kind of passed me by but it's more their film mm. film music so it's cool like so it will be sort of like they'll be doing it will be the score and all that kind of stuff not so much like hey we're gonna throw our songs in there for Oh, you know, no, 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 they definitely, yes, they will be doing composing the score. Could be cool, could be cool. So I'm just having a quick look now because, yeah, what I just said there about, I do see, I've got a track that I got off iTunes where Trent Reznor did something with John Carpenter, but maybe it wasn't necessarily for the, was it Michael Gordon Green? The, you know, that's who did the the last three Halloween films, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, rings a bell. Maybe not Michael. It is something. Anyway, okay. (laughs) My apologies. Watchmen, the TV series, uh, they worked on that. And Trent Reznor did The Social Network. I think that was his first film. 
but anyway, they've, they've composed um, film music before, TV music. So just having them attached is definitely making it a bit more legit for me. So yeah, so that's got me excited. <laughs> a little bit more legit. So how excited well, were you? Yeah. Like, you, you well, I'm interested. Like, I'm interested, but no, I mean, yeah. the, the voice cast is great and the animation is like fantastic. You know, you're getting strong into the Spider-Verse vibes where they're not just doing the same old style of animation. They're throwing a lot of things together. It's got an interesting style. So visually it's working and the cast is there. And now with these guys working on the score, it just is like, yeah, that's it. Like it's a complete package. A crossover movie between the G.I. Joe and Transformers franchises is in the works. If a rumor is to be believed. I mean, we've got a new Transformers film right around the corner, the Beast Wars movie. What's that one? Rise of the Machines? No, that's the how... uh, Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> <laughs> Rise of something. I said Beast Wars. <laughs> it's the Beast Wars movie. But yes, Rise. Rise of... It's um, <laughs> Optimus Primal. That's the name of the gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> Not with that movie, just before we actually get into the yeah. rumor story, because I feel like, like that's that's our show now. <laughs> we just talk about rumors. Um, we have covered a couple. Hey, I, I do think the writer's strike has had a knock-on effect on the news. It's definitely slowed there, down. There's not much, not much happening. But um, and hey, that's a news thing in itself, isn't it? Um, yeah, even this new movie, like I just cannot get. I know we probably talked about it when you know. We, it's all probably one of the latest trailers and stuff for it. I just cannot get excited about it. Even the like in the the trailer when it's like they start talking about Unicron or something. I was like, oh, okay, now I've peaked a little bit of interest. And then days passed, and I was like, oh, I've lost interest. <laughs> like I just can't. I just kind of. I know it's not a Michael Bay film, but I just it just just has all those flavors, and I'm like, uh I did really Bay. enjoy Bumblebee. They went yes. to the 80s for the setting for that film. This movie takes place in the 90s, or the the Beast Wars movie does. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested enough to watch it when it's available at home. Maybe <laughs> not going to wish I'm interested enough to watch it at home. <laughs> but hey, there's a rumor we could be getting it's a crossover a with GI Joe. We've had the. It's Hasbro, right? They're Boy. both Hasbro, yeah. Both yeah. So we've had it in, in comics before, and they didn't stop there because it was also Mask. Remember that show, the cartoon from the what? 80s? Throwing Power Rangers now. They're under Hasbro, aren't they? Why the hell not? Hey, that's Just... true. But they're they're busy doing their Netflix thing. They're busy in Netflix. Anyway, um, that's enough time spent on a rumour, and we ended up talking about something else completely. Well, it was still Transformers, yeah. but next story. I'll go on to the next story then. Um a new Karate Kid movie is in the works, and it will. This is where it gets interesting. It will connect the 80s classic with the 2010 remake. So, Which is really interesting because, I mean, Cobra Kai is ending on Netflix, but before the ending was announced, Ralph Macchio was asked, could we see you know, Jackie Chan and Cobra Kai, Jaden Smith, and he just made a point of saying that wouldn't happen because they're two separate things. So I guess after Cobra Kai ends, this film is going to come out and they will actually combine the two. I've only seen the Jaden Smith 
film once. That's enough. I mean, he's the Kung Fu kid. <laughs> like, they just <laughs> seem to make it as, as different as they could. Kung yeah. So, don't call it the Cry Kid. Uh, but anyway, we got the Cry Kid back in Cobra Kai. But it's interesting, if true, but if I was to watch this, which more than likely I would, it's that connection to the 80s film and not so much the Jackie Chan film. Well, that's it for the main film stories. Well, that's it for the main film news. Uh, we'll just wrap up with some smaller news stories. John Wick 5 is officially in early development at Lionsgate. Have you watched Chapter 4? I haven't, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you something without spoiling anything. Someone has told me how the movie ends, or at least a certain detail about the movie ending. So, well, I I can guess that detail because I have seen chapter four. All I was going to say in this story is no comment and just move on to the next one. But yes, cool. (laughs) Well, it sounds like you've had it spoiled. I didn't have Um, it spoiled. Well, let's not spoil it until until I watched it. Hey, a John Wick five. Not surprising because the movies just keep making more money after the others, but also surprising because plot. Okay, cool. <laughs> I will say this about four without giving away what happens, but the action is it's the best we've seen across all four films. Keanu Reeves, once again, is fantastic. And the beating that John Wick gets and gives in this film is just relentless. And when you watch it, just wait for him falling down the steps. It is just like, he's falling down so many steps. And I felt like he got to the point where I was feeling every bump as he was hitting each step. (laughs) Good film. But on the back, well, as well, I should say, John Wick 5, we're getting the John Wick spinoff, the female-led film, Ballerina, in September In the US on Peacock, we're getting the three-part Continental John Wick prequel series. Still no release for Australia. We don't know where it's going to be available to stream for us. But, I mean, mini event on TV, spin-off, a fifth film. Yeah, these films are fantastic and they do big at the box office. They're no surprise they're going to be making more. Vin Diesel confirms further spin-offs and a female-led feature film is in the works. Honestly, whenever Vin Diesel makes any sort of announcement, you can just hear the guys panicking at Universal because <laughs> he, just can't help, he just can't help himself. When he was in Rome no. at the premiere and he's like, <laughs> Fast X, two parts, do you know what? We're going to do a trilogy. <laughs> You know what I'd rather them say? Like, I just always hate when they say female-led because then it just makes a bunch of crybaby people kind of get all... And it's just like, oh, it's just ridiculous. But rather than say that, just say, hey, look, Fast and Furious spin-off movie focusing on this character, this character, like focusing on Letty, Cypher, maybe someone else who might show up in Fast X that I won't mention, you know, like, do that and they'll be like hey look there'll be a bunch of other characters in there it's just when they say female it's just like okay it just seems like an agenda type movie and it's like nah well i just said it for i mean john wick having a female-led spin-off ballerina that's how they're announcing Mm. that film and i and i guess they're doing the same here but it's interesting that what he's confirming is further spin-offs and a female-led feature film anyway 
does that mean you know the character you just said are they all going to come back or new characters within no yeah that's true. within that world it's, it's about what's his name's mom you know i'm currently watching icons <laughs> i'm currently watching icons what is it icons unearthed you know they did star yeah. wars and simpsons and the third season is fast and the furious i'm loving it i'm up to episode four I knew a lot of it already, but just hearing how I've got to the point now where they're talking fast five and it's just getting bigger and crazy. And anyway, it's really, it's a good show. I'm, I'm like one episode into it. It's cute. Um, all right, moving on. Eddie Murphy is circling the role of Inspector Jacques Clouseau in a new Pink Panther movie. I don't know about this. <laughs> I really don't know. I'm just saying. It could be, look, we want Eddie Murphy to be back in what we kind of love him for. This yeah. could be the type of role that could bring that, or it could be something that could be really bad. So <laughs> it's one of those things. But Dolmite is my name. That is the Eddie Murphy that I would like to spend more time with. This is not going to be that. I mean, the role first made famous by Peter Sellers. Then we've got those two films with Steve Martin. And for what those films were, Steve Martin did a good job. I mean, of course he did. He's Steve Martin. But now, all these years later, to do that again, but now have Eddie Murphy, I don't know. I'm really happy. You'd be like, you'd be like happy that he's back. is my name. Oh, no. See, it sounds like a bad SNL sketch already. I'm really <laughs> glad that Eddie Murphy is back in front of the camera again. I just don't want him to do something like this, have it flop, and then him once again just leave and stop making <laughs> just stop making films because he was getting negative reviews. Moana star Aurelie Cavillo announced that while she'll be an executive producer on the Disney movie's live-action remake, she won't actually be reprising her role as the title character. So I guess the assumption had been, since Dwayne Johnson was once again playing Maui, that she also was going to move back and back as Moana, but I mean, that's not honestly, the case. She's, look, fan, she's fantastic in the in the voice role, like and beautiful girl, all that kind of stuff. She's aged out of the role, like she is. She's an adult now, like and that came out and that has years ago, approaching ten years, I think now, almost, almost. Like it's that's been her answer. When she's asked why not, yeah, she's like, well, a younger actress needs to play that part. I'm older. But I'm again, 14. people just 14. had <laughs> people just had the assumption. But yep, she's still yeah. involved, which is good, but it will be a new actress cast as the title role. All right. And Chilling Adventures of Sabrina actor Adeline Rudolph is set to play Katana in the Mortal Kombat sequel. So I've got another character, new actor. This is great. It's coming together. And I couldn't remember or not. Did we talk about Carl Urban as Johnny Cage last we did. time? We did, we didn't did. we? Yeah. There we go. I couldn't remember. But yeah, the cast is coming together. Honestly, that first movie was so much fun. It was really, oh, really good. Um, it really put off the Mortal Kombat violence. Yeah, over the top in the best ways. And then it kind of went quiet for a while. And then we've got those direct-to-home release animated movies. But now, the second movie, it's, it's coming together. That's good. Well, that's it for movie news. Now on to TV news. Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 trailer reveals the Lower Decks crossover. Um, I'll admit, I have not watched the trailer. 
I kind of didn't realize maybe that was a prerequisite for our jobs here today. Whoops. <laughs> um, but uh, we got live action looks. Um, uh, Marina and Bulma. I probably said that name wrong. Both of them. If I'm wrong. Ah, oh, for real. <laughs> you clearly really? don't watch Mariner. I didn't look. Mariner. No, yes. I, I watched the first, like four episodes of Lower Decks. Like, obviously, not enough to remember how to say their names. I don't know. It didn't really gel with me. It wasn't my thing, so I, I tapped out. Do you know what? But I, I... did see the pictures of okay. these two characters. They did good. What you've just said there, I've heard that from a few people, and they they persevered. Ended up loving it, just like I love it. Like oh, it is such a good show. It's, it's, I don't want to persevere, mate. It's on I Prime. Immediate satisfaction. <laughs> you can watch it. But anyway, <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoy um, Lower Decks. Over it sounds like comics. We reviewed and um, the first four, no, not four, three. The first three seasons. The fourth isn't out yet, and it's just so much fun. And like, what's very apparent early on when when watching Lower Decks, like. It's a comedy, generally funny. It isn't taking the mick out of Star Trek. It embraces it. It's such a fun show. So I really like that. Really like Star Trek, Strange New Worlds. Now, that third season of Picard was phenomenal, something else. But before the third season of Picard, season one of Strange New Worlds, for me, that's where Star Trek was at. Thoroughly enjoyed that whole season. And then hearing season two, they're going to do a crossover with Lower Decks, which is in animation, and the episode will be directed by Jonathan Frakes. And since that announcement, I've been thinking, like, how are they going to do it? How are they going to get these characters from the animated world into the live-action world? And then I had the thought, that's not what's going to happen. I honestly don't think that's what's going to happen, because although we watch Lower Decks, which is a cartoon, it is canon. You do have Jonathan Frakes appear on the show. Of course, he's animated also as Riker. So I just think the Lower Decks crew are just going to turn up in a live-action episode of Strange New Worlds with no explanation whatsoever because they all coexist in the Star Trek universe. It just so happens that the show that we watch where they're the main characters is a cartoon. It doesn't mean they're cartoon characters that are somehow going to become live action. I think it's just a different medium, and I think that's how the crossover is going to happen. That makes 100% sense and yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, the thought yeah. straight away, everyone's like, but how are these cartoon characters going to interact with the live action yeah, characters? Like it's, different, like it's a different universe kind of thing. There's some portal they need to... Like, no. Like, we just watch their stories through an animation lens rather than a... But it's the same... The same crew, same shit. I mean, Star Wars wild. have been doing it for years, like we've had exactly characters first way. appear, like you know, Katie Sackoff. Like we had a first in animation and now in live action on Mandalorian. But yes, we've seen that first look picture, and yeah, they they look great. They're very fortunate that they because sometimes you'll watch a cartoon and there's a character and you hear the voice, and then you see the voice actor, you're like, Wow, I had no idea. <laughs> that is not what I pictured. Fortunately. Jack Quaid, bit of purple in his hair. 
job done. <laughs> like he looks enough yeah. like Boimler. And um, oh man, it, it has me very excited for the whole season, season two of Strange New Worlds, but especially the crossover episode and just seeing those uniforms in live action as well. have done a very good job of that. Tamara Morrison will return to the Star Wars universe in the upcoming Ahsoka Disney Plus series, playing the first live action version of Captain Rex. Dee Bradley Baker had been the only other actor to play Captain Rex before now. Baker voices all of the clone soldiers. If you're watching The Bad Batch, all him. But for the first time, again, we're going to get Rex in live action. There we go. And look, it, it makes sense that this character would be played by Morrison. You know, like he is a he is one of those, you know, Django Fett clones. It does, but at the same time, I was just saying how Star Wars tend to just bring the same cast back from animation to live action. They've been doing that a lot. Except for this time. But, <laughs> but you're right, but it makes in, sense. With this one, it's the different circumstances because it's like the Django Fett character exists in live action already played by Morrison. That's true. Yep. And all the clones. This character is a, is one of those clones. It, it makes sense. And it's it's a good way to sort of get him back in another role that doesn't necessarily have to be Boba Fett. Because we can all agree that was a bit of a bit of a letdown. When you've got a Boba Fett TV series <laughs> and the best episodes are actually Mandalorian episodes. It's a it's a bit of a problem. So I'm glad that they found a way weird. to bring Morrison back. Weird. Watching season three of The Mandalorian and the best episodes are the ones that aren't focused on the Mandalorian. Have you heard I'm, right? That I'm basically weird with Pedro Pascal has he's confirmed that where Mandalorian is now, it's pretty much a voiceover role for him. Yeah. It wasn't always there in that first season, but it was some of the time. Whereas now it it's pretty much always somebody else. And he just does the voiceover. And hey, that might just be for this most recent season. I imagine it, a lot of it was probably getting done at the same time as The Last of Us. Maybe there was just, hey, just didn't have the schedule for it. They I mean, he's busy, to be fair. Like, yeah, he's busy. Yeah, so, and they don't need him. Whatever. Paying for his I voice. mean, they do need his voice, and if that's what they well, can no, get. No. They, they need him, but they don't need him. Not physically. Yeah. Not physically. But why? All good. Um, Citadel has officially been renewed for season two by Prime video i've not watched this show so great i haven't to... either <laughs> i <laughs> i have heard from mates in the uk who have been watching it and they are enjoying it it is on my so list to be honest is this something we should be watching is that i think so i think so okay, okay. i know that joe russo one half of the russo brothers is involved with that first season but what's been announced for the second season He's going to direct all the episodes. So he's pretty mm. he's pretty involved. And it looks decent enough. And, and again, it's starting to get a bit of buzz from people that I know. So I, I, I'm going to check it out. 
live action Powerpuff Girls, Arrow versus Justice U, and female Zorro series are no longer in development at the CW. The Arrowverse show, of course. I mean, the Arrowverse is officially over. We've just had the season finale of The Flash. The Arrowverse is done. This Justice U show, the main character would have been John Diggle, David Ramsey back as Diggle, but it's not happening. The female Zorro series also not happening. But the, the main takeaway here, they've been trying to make a live-action Powerpuff Girls for the longest <laughs> time. Like Remember, we even saw the cast, and they had the pilot, and then they were going to reshape it. The CW is absolutely moving away from costumed heroes like they've been doing that since arrow it's been 10 years or more and or maybe 10 years thereabouts anyway they're going in a different direction like for the longest time they'd be looking to dc different superheroes uh, but they are scrapping a lot of things that were talked about for a long time and I don't know. I don't know what the CW is going to become, but these shows aren't moving forward. You know what? I, I have a genuine kind of like the sadness for the Powerpuff Girls thing because I know they, I know they were sort of gonna take a different swing at it, a different second interpretation. I don't know. I was, I was kind of interested. They were adults, did, and did yeah. they? Am I right in thinking they cast? Blanking on his name now, Turk Chloe. from Scrubs. Yeah, as Mojo Dojo. Or oh, I thought they, or was it the Professor? But they cast him. Come on, help me out. Who who am I talking about? You know the actor. Was it? Was it? Yeah, 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 it, yeah. Um, Donald Faison. Faison, Donald Faison. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. But was it? I'm pretty sure it was. Or were we saying he was the Professor or or something, and then? They were like, oh, they should get Zach Braff to play Mojo Dojo. Do you know what? Whatever we said, whatever they said, it's gone. <laughs> it's, Go on. it's not. Um, it'll it's live not in happening. our imaginations, in our dreams. But I genuinely yeah, okay. am curious what, I mean, what, what is the CW now? Like, because for the longest time, it had been Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow. There's other shows like Kung Fu, that's been cancelled. Like so many of their shows that they've currently got on air, they've just cut ties. So they're looking at cleaning cleaning house. Well, anyway, that's it for TV news. Now on to the recommend section. I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to recommend something on Apple TV. It's wild. Um, <laughs> I did this thing. I did this thing on the uh, on the weekend where I was like, okay, I'm going to check out some of the some of the new half hour shows that I've got on there. I'll be honest, there aren't many. So, so I kind of did this thing of like, I was like, all right, I've started Ted Lasso, I've started Shrinking, I've started Platonic. Um, there's another one I can't remember what it was, but obviously it wasn't great. Um, but the one I was like, okay, I'm going to watch Ted Lasso is great. Don't get me wrong, I don't, but I think love Ted Lasso. So I'm continuing that one. All good. Um, and I'll give Shrinking another chance, but Platonic. I was like, okay, how many episodes are out so far? I'm watching them. Um, this is like, okay, Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, we've seen them together in uh, movies like the, what's the one with this, like the sorority house with like Bad Zac Efron and stuff? 
bad neighbors or yeah or neighbors i think they're, they're called just in the in us, the US stuff, but, but yeah, to avoid confusing. confusion in australia with ramsey yeah. street it's bad neighbors right. <laughs> with old ramsey street <laughs> i love their chemistry together like they they really work they're in this as the leads two friends they've had you know they haven't seen each other for a few years seth rogan had gotten married well, the his character, uh, Rose Burns's character, didn't like the wife. They grew apart, but now they're sort of back after Seth Rogen's character's divorce, and it's sort of like them coming back together. Sort of, you know, they're friends, but they're you know, she's married, she's got a family, all that kind of stuff. But it's sort of them sort of revisiting their friendship that they had before, and and I'm assuming it's going to lead into sort of more, like more complicated stuff. But at the moment, it this really feels like. You know, like just one of those, it's like one of those like sit, like not sitcom, like one of those like romantic comedies that you, you know, those movies that you, you know, you you go, oh, I want to watch that. But then long form, like they've just stretched it out. And obviously there's a risk in doing that, like, oh, will it last? So this doesn't really feel sitcom-y. It feels like a romantic comedy film in half an hour segments so far. But again, not in a way where it's like, oh, they're dragging this on it does it does work in tv form um so i found all of that sort of fascinating but i'm just really liking their dynamic um created by francesca del banco and nicholas stoller this is still very fresh very new this could go south very quickly or i could get really bored if they don't you know if they can't sustain what's happening but so far i mean an early review or an early recommend but i'm liking this this is good this is some good stuff Nicholas Stollett. <laughs> Nicholas Stollett, <laughs> did he am I right in thinking, did he direct Knocked Up? Um, he directed Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I know he did that he one. Did in... the, he did both of the neighbors movies, or the bad neighbors movies. Five year engagement, get him to the Greek. Makes sense actually. Um co-wrote The Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted. I mean, I'm assuming Stollett. I mean, this is clearly not off all off the top of your head. Um, <laughs> you just... yeah, I'm a I'm a big Nicholas Stoller fan. No, I literally right, okay. on his. Um, his I um... knew that he did Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and that was one of his early big comedies. But I thought he'd worked with Rogan before, and maybe it was knocked up. But okay, I mean, you recommended the that the newest big show on Apple. Oh, that's the big one at the moment. Shrinking. I've heard great things about that. Mm. I'm currently without a Apple TV Plus subscription. Oh, oh. What I'm going to do, I'm going to be very strategic, if I'm honest, just between you and I and everyone listening. <laughs> I'm going to save up some shows, like when there's whole seasons out. Like I've got Ted Lasso that I want to watch the final season of, the Michael J. Fox documentary. I just want to wait until there's enough stuff out that I could just spend a month and just that's the thing with Apple, like a lot of the stuff out, like they put out, it all seems like very high quality, good stuff, but there's not much of it. It's definitely like, there's a handful of shows, yeah, a handful but of movies. It's a less is more high quality approach. Mm, like honestly, it, it seems like every time I go on Netflix, there's a new show, there's a new movie, and lots of them. Whereas they're not all great. Whereas 
I don't know. There's something about Apple TV Plus. It just seems a bit more special. Like, you know, the, I don't know. It's just different to all the other streaming services. But because of that, you've only got their content and you've got to wait for it. And like with you and Platonic, you've caught up, but you're going to have to wait for weekly episodes to drop. I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. Well, okay then. Uh, my <laughs> recommend um, is a cartoon. It's one that has completely taken me back to 2002. I'm recommending the new Clone High series. Oh. That first series, I fell in love with. I loved it. This was early Scrubs. Bill Lawrence, who also created Ted Lasso, back in the early noughties, he did Scrubs in animation, working with Bill Lord and Christopher Miller, who went on to do Into the Spider-Verse, Cloudy, which had some meatballs, the Lego movie, the 21 Jump Street movies. So they're having so much success, but you go to the early noughties. We got Clone High. One season, that was it. It's been off the air for like 20 years Max in the US, for us here in Australia, it is on binge. I think they're releasing two episodes a week and got on board with it again. Like, and it just took me back. I mean, the, the opening theme song, uh, written by Liam Lynch, performed by the band Abandoned Pools. I used to listen to that theme song so much back in the day and just having most of the characters back. If you're unfamiliar, Clone High follows a group of high school teens. They're products of uh, like a government experiment. They are genetic clones of famous historical figures who have been dug up, recreated anew. We've got Joan of Arc, Cleopatra, JFK, Gandhi, Abraham Lincoln, and, and more. Actually, not Gandhi. He was in that first season. They've not brought him back. What happens in the season two premiere is that most of the characters are defrosted, put back in the high school, except for Gandhi. I think um, just too difficult <laughs> to have a character <laughs> like Gandhi in the modern world, because even back in the early noughties, this show was so on PC. And then to release a new series in 2023, very brave. But it's it's a lot of fun. It is brave. Well, come on. Um, It's great. It really is great. It's good having these characters back. Uh, But for me, back then, I was massively into Scrubs. And then just hearing, oh, Bill Lawrence has got this cartoon, Clone High. And I got into it. So there we go. Clone High binge here in Australia. Question for you. Is season one on binge as well? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. I don't know about our iTunes. I know it's available in the US, but yeah, like that's quite surprising because I just assumed they would do, but I did a search. The first series is not available. You might be able to find it elsewhere, maybe YouTube, Daily Motion, one of those, maybe. Well, that's it for another episode of That Film's Due. If you haven't already, check out our other shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics. Each of those shows also have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Fast X and Renfield. 
and stay tuned for our upcoming review of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Thanks for joining us for another round of movie and TV news. You've been listening to Luke. And you've been listening to Jason. We're the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. <laughs>